Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Supported by thegeldedend.com. To browse and buy vintage lead shirts, player-signed prints, and classic memorabilia, go to thegeldedend.com. The Square Ball. By the fans, for the fans, since 1989. To buy the magazine, read the blog, and to download the podcast, visit thesquareball.net. The clocks have gone back and winter is setting in. It's a time for the family to get together and warm themselves with a sing-song by the fireside. So come along, mother. Come along, father. Come along, children. All gather around the piano and join in. Dave Jones is a... Welcome to Podcast 55, and I'm here with Michael. Hello. Moscow White. Hello. And Oddie. Hello. Issue three of the magazine is out now, isn't it? And what an issue. I'm looking at it, but I don't recognise the name of this magazine. It's something's different. Somebody play along with him. (laughs) Why? Why? What is different? I see the shape of the words appears to be the same, but the letters that form them are slightly (laughs) confusing to me. And it's a phrase I'm not familiar with. The vile animal, it says. It's it's got some use for David Jones's absolute nonsense. The cover's also a bit of a uh, when Saturday comes. It's, it's a nod, nod to them. Yeah, we'll call it that. Are we nodding at them while we we'll steal their ideas from, <laughs> yeah. from the late eighties? Yeah, it's a stolen idea. They also have a feature in there called the Last Word, um, which <laughs> which if you look to the back of the magazine, oh yeah, um, you will see. Besides the stuff we've nicked, <laughs> uh, there is lots of nice original stuff in there as well. Tell us about your things, Moscow. About Tom Lee's the the wanted felon. Yes, I wrote wanted that. by Interpol. He is, yeah, that's really exciting. <laughs> I almost wish I could have put it back a week so I could add the fact that he is actually now wanted by the Serbian police. <laughs> Do we have an extradition order with Serbia? Are they in the EU? Nobody's entirely sure. They're not in the EU, as far as I know. But the, you know, associate members. I, I mean, when you, when somebody has done committed crimes at the level that Tom Lee's has committed them. <laughs> then simple uh, morality overtakes any extradition order. He's a he's a wanted man. Forgive my breathtaking ignorance, you do on a weekly basis, but what's he being charged with? Being nasty to racists. So what else is in this splendid issue of ours? Um, because some of our writers are quite young, they've turned out to be nerds. We've got more articles about um, computer games than you probably ever expected to write, but they are... Uh, they are very good. On the Football Manager article, by the way, the new one is uh, is out this week, um, and I've, I've been playing it. And I, it's, I was just it's, about it's, to say exactly the same. <laughs> it is depressingly realistic. Yes. I, I cannot get a single. I can't get performance out of them. <laughs> I can't sign anyone. I've got no money. Yeah, you're given. T- was it two hundred grand? You've got to play with. Yes, for more money from Ken, and he tells you no. You've had enough. And that's it. That's all you're getting. Although when... I did sell Rahubka for sixty grand, which Who is too uh, Wigan. What? Yeah, unrealistic. Yeah, that must be a bug. Yeah. <laughs> is there any glimmer of a takeover in the background on the game? Sadly, um, the game is only a demo version. It only lasts for six calendar months in the game, so you've got absolutely <laughs> no bloody hope. 
Well, we've got um, another thing in the magazine is uh, Eddie Taylor interviewed David Hay for the, uh, the the proper website that he writes for, and he's given us a bit of the background of what it was like to uh, to go and meet him. And uh, my favourite part of this is when Eddie turns up at the building and nobody on reception's heard of them. <laughs> it turns out, they, oh, they changed the name, so the sign was wrong. But yeah, he's met with blank stares when asking for GFH Capital. Fantastic. Plenty more in there as well. Um, you can buy that at the ground uh, against... Watford and online via the squareball.net subscriptions available on there too. Let's get into the matches then. We've got a few to get through here. White watching. Uh, the first game in this uh, phase is the Sheffield Wednesday away game and a quiet Friday night down the M1. Yeah. Not a lot to report in this one. Not really. No, quiet match. Well, let's deal with all the hatred aspect of this and pitch invasions and so on a, a little bit further on. Let's, if we possibly can, talk about the football match. Before we do, um, can I borrow Moscow's book of petty grievances and add. Um, the stewarding and ticket people of Sheffield Wednesday. Uh, my ticket got lost in the post, so I, I had to collect one at the ground, I was told by the Leeds United staff. Get a pen, Moscow. Staff. <laughs> I'll have to find um, a spare page. For so I went, to, I went to a steward at the Leeds away and said, where, where would I need to collect this ticket from? They said, the ticket office. I said, which way is that? The correct way to do it is around the left-hand side of the ground. They sent me around the right-hand side of the ground, all the way around, and then got to the ticket office. They said, there's someone at the Leeds away end with tickets. So they they just sent me on a lap of the of the stadium needlessly, which is why I pushed Chris Kirkland <laughs> in the face. Did that ruin the whole evening for you? It, it, more so than anything else, yes. I was more annoyed about that than Dave Jones was about anything. <laughs> Did you? No. We need to clamp down on it. People sending people in the wrong direction. <laughs> you're going in a circle. You get there in the end. I'm glad you're not planning flights. <laughs> Uh, so this game was the biggest crowd in the championship this season, wasn't it, to date? Uh, over 5,000 of us, one of which was a little bit naughty. Well, Not one. <laughs> <laughs> it all got out of hand a little bit quickly, didn't it, really, this game? I thought in the first half that the only problems were going to be Luciano Becchio was certainly taking an interesting approach to defending, which I, for one, endorse and encourage. Um, I think he should do that more often. Becchio's handball, actually, was... Sim- what I love most about it was most people, when they cheat as blatantly as he did and get away with it, they walk away with the kind of big comedy winks at the at the crowd or anything like this. And apparently Michael Brown was um, yeah. sort of wiping his He brow. kind of turned around, because I was right behind that net, he kind of turned around and, and did a sort of grimace with his face and in a kind of like, ooh, can't believe it! <laughs> was, was Becchio, absolutely no glimmer of emotion or any hint that he'd done anything wrong, just... Right, another corner. Go and mark my man again. Stand there. It's, that's that's the Argentinian in him, is that, isn't it? I think it helped Handball, him. Uh, just pretend like it never happened. I think it helped him get away with it as well, because the all the other players have been looking at him and going, didn't you just handball that? And that's the point where he can't speak English anymore. It's, it's that, fucking unbelievable. The inscrutable Luciano um, at his very, very, very best. I also thought that the uh, flares, well, flare singular, that came on when Sheffield Wednesday scored their poxy goal, um, Which was red, by the way. Seems a poor choice for a You go buy me a blue Wednesday flare. Sold to them by a Sheffield United fan. You would, you would imagine so. We were pretty awful, weren't we, in that, in that first half, all things considered. And most of the second. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Getting Austin back was... Uh, it worked last time when we made him swim across the ocean um, I unaided. Heard the, the ocean just parted for him. <laughs> he still had to walk, though, and he was obviously bloody knackered by the time he got back. It was a different Austin, not the Austin we're used to. And not helped by um, this Manuel Lera character that Sheffield Wednesday have dredged up. There's a vile animal, if ever I've seen one. And wearing a 
helmet. Not fair. Cheating. No. Mm. Put Beggio in a helmet, he'd be twice the player he's ever been. <laughs> but it sort of all turned around a bit second half and that Michael Tong goal was a beauty, wasn't it? We forget about that with all the stuff that happened afterwards. Was it deflected? I heard people saying it was deflected. It looked like a fine strike to me. It was a, a fine undeflected strike. I think it swerved. That's what confused people. All in all, do you think we deserved the draw in this game or not? Not really. It has been said that we could have gone on and won it after the equaliser. And there was, you know, you are, we have got that up and at them kind of spirit that was kind of stopped in its tracks when everybody was going, could be trouble. We probably wouldn't have deserved it. We were pretty, we were bad. And um, so maybe a strong defensive performance. To yeah. only concede one from a long throwing. It sort of was, but then they should have had an early penalty. Yeah. Defending, I mean, defending with your hands, not advisable, <laughs> is it really? Not in it's football. No, no, no. no. Um, well, we can't really talk too much in depth about this when we're going to sort of deal with the... Yes, the, uh, our reputation is ahead of us, rather. Yes. Proceeds so we, us. Yes, we'll, we'll come on to all the, the sort of the meat and potatoes part of this game um, in part three. So let's move on to the Charlton game. 17,500, under 17,500 at Ellen Road. Who's put this? The most pointless game of football I can remember in many years. That was me. Very apt. The yeah. only good thing about it was Oddie's company. Thank you, sir. Without that, I, I don't I, know I feel what much I the same done. way about these podcasts, to be honest. <laughs> it was pathetic. Just both teams from start to finish. There was nobody there. Not enough away fans to have any interest. I'm not even convinced there were 22 players on the pitch. While selling the mag, someone described it to me as being like a cricket match, which is very much yeah. the atmosphere. People sort of sat around chatting away, kind of watching every now and then. Oh, what is, oh it's a corner. Is it? Oh, right. oh, I'll watch this bit. In fact, oh, Mos- no, no, never mind. In fact, Moscow was reading a book at one point. Cracked a book out. Well, we, we went and sat somewhere else. Yeah. We'd moved seats. I was taking pictures of Tom Lee. Somewhere in yeah. town. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and it was that. It was just sitting, having a chat, looking around. But the one benefits from this were probably the uh, the people who advertised in the ground, because I must have read every single advertising hoarding, <laughs> just looking for anything of interest to catch my eye. The interesting thing with this game for me was that Charlton seemed delighted with the point, even though we were clearly utter shit. They they were wasting time from about 50 minutes on. And I was thinking, why don't you try and win? Yeah, you, we're really probably, bad. You, you probably, probably would if you just tried. But they were like taking ages over throw-ins and stuff. And I thought, it's just fine by me. The way we're playing, I'll, I'll take a point. Yeah, that would have been one thing that might have raised the, uh, the interest levels in the game, is it a, a team to actually play against. We'd obviously gone out just looking crap and then to come up against a team that wasn't interested in winning. So we weren't capable of winning. They weren't interested in winning. I wasn't interested in being there. It was cold, it was dark, it was miserable. Football under Neil Warner. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Perhaps the highlight of this one was the tale that um, after the match, Andy Hughes, who didn't play, did he? He said that he would have liked to have got on there so he could have scored an own goal. (laughs) Did he? Yeah. (laughs) Where did he say that? I think it was in the pavilion afterwards or one of the corporate areas. Obviously, it was just a... Off the cuff remark. No, still he tick- meant it. It tickled yeah. me nonetheless. I enjoyed that. Uh, on to Birmingham. Well, at least things improve. Oh no! Uh, no. Again, the, the the third game out of these these three that, that was pretty abject. Do you know? What? I'm actually I can't even remember the goal we scored against Charlton. Someone remind me. It was um, Norris. It was a decent. Oh, volley, that was it. That but was it. Again, it was kind of oh, Norris has scored. Anyway, yeah. what are you doing the weekend? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. And it was a bit, a bit like that. By the time Birmingham scored, it was kind of so late in the game that oh. Oh, Birmingham have, have, have scored. They've, I guess they've won. Well, this has been a waste of time again, hasn't it? Especially after... Um, Category A, was it? 
Well, we missed after the... Uh, I don't know, actually. The, it was expensive. After the Charlton game, the fact that Lee Peltier was sending emails to people, <laughs> begging people to come back. And they've done it again after the Birmingham game, which I saw um, someone po- pasted up the uh, text of it on Wacko, I think, and mine said, Dear Mr. Moscow White, but they just changed it to, uh, Dear Sucker Who Paid to Go to the Birmingham Match. <laughs> <laughs> We all appreciated your support and we're really sorry that we couldn't put in a performance to match. Please come back. Please come back. Please as come mu- back. As much as we are cynical, though, about the club doing stuff like this, I have always thought, why aren't we doing it? Yeah. Because even if you pick up 10 sales, off sending, it costs nothing to send an email out and it might get people interested. Like you said, in, in terms of advertising around town as well, you see Leeds Rhinos yeah. stuff about the Engagement, place. Michael. Engagement. Engagement. That's what we do not want. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just happy that Peltz knows my name. Yeah, it wasn't signed Peltz, was it? No. It should, be, it should have been Peltier. Uh, it should have been peltier <laughs> but apparently he is Peltz. He's Peltz. Um, Peltz, club captain. The Birmingham game could have been worse because Marlon King smashed the bar as well. Mm. She's not did he think it was a woman? Yeah, I think he did, yeah. <laughs> Ooh, anyway, he was convicted. We can say it. And as uh, Lee's fans were all singing, uh, she said, no, Marlon. Were the Birmingham fans actually singing She Said Yes, Marlon? Well, I don't approve of that. Vile animals, a lot of them. Yeah. We don't want that sort of thing well, in a football we, stadium. We did do the same for Paul Dickhoff. <laughs> on to last night then. This is when it all starts to take a great big upturn and it's very positive and we're all very happy. Leeds 3, Premier League, Southampton Reserves, nil. We're going to win the Barney, cup. my yeah. man. Europe, here we come. You're, you're <laughs> my. Can I, can I just say... That miss was absolutely breathtaking. What a miss. The, I think that's one of the greatest misses I've ever seen. I'd have asked to be substituted or just walked away. Just held on hands and go, you know what? Plainly isn't working. Harry Carry on the spot. Yeah. <laughs> I um, I had to rewind it on Sky Sports News later in the I, I, had just, I can't believe he's missed that. I watched, I watched the video clip of it just about 10 times over in a row. Just, what? What? It's hard to work out which bit of his foot he's managed to hit it on which has caused the ball to go over there it's quite it's such an achievement I think it must it must kind of just bounced off the side of his foot it must sort of skim his heel or something to have gone at that angle just to completely Mm. take the weight off it Mm. yeah because he he almost he almost kills it dead (laughs) even though it's got quite a bit of pace on it it was almost like a perfect golf putt to just hit it square on and it went back straight back where it came from sadly he wasn't playing golf he was but, trying to score a goal for Leeds United. But in fairness to Varney, a much improved performance last night compared to the you know, previous matches when he's <laughs> taken quite a lot of stick. Man of the match performance, going to uh, Colin. And he, he is playing more centrally. Maybe he's not a, a left winger, as we, as we have generally been playing him as. Are we going to uh, keep him in there ahead of Becchio? I think Becchio thinks not. I think the way that he, he just ran on the pitch and his first touch was to score a penalty and then That's all he scores away. these days, though. At least he scores them. Yeah. We'll name another chance he gets. I think that <laughs> must be why he's so keen. He's like, oh, it's actually a goal-scoring opportunity. I haven't seen one of those for three hours. Yeah. The ball's on the floor and not in the mixer. <laughs> um, I mean, if you were Becchio looking at the uh, at the Varney miss, I would just at any time you spotted, I'd have it. I'd, I'd get an iPod, an iPad even, because uh, splashing out. When you're a footballer, you you can afford these things. He's probably got one for each finger, so he probably <laughs> glues. Ten iPads. I don't think he does, you know. To all his fingers. <laughs> no, this is what he's going to do. Edward oh, and then the next time, <laughs> Luciano iP- iPad hands. And next time Neil Warnock is even thinking, he's like, oh, I'm not sure who's going to... Mm, Luciano, you're looking a bit tired and Luke's looking good. Just start it playing on all ten screens, just that miss. And 
but then still pretend that you don't understand any English and you don't really know what you're doing. That's Could you know. do. Next time he hands balls it in the box, you'll see it will be a load of glass smashed from broken iPods, and he'll still get away with it because he'll just be inscrutable. Well, they're the same thing, just different sizes, as I've told many. (laughs) (laughs) Today's podcast brought to you via the gift of LSD. Um, Tong's turning out all right, isn't he? He's better than we thought him, isn't he? Here's another good finish from distance. He's no left winger. No, I'd like to see him in the centre. But we don't have any left-sided players, so mm. this way it would full, uh, fulfil the penis formation very well if we put everyone through the middle. Yeah, we're getting back to that. And um, I mean, Michael Brown can't last forever. At some point, we've got to. I know he's playing well and we're we're doing all right, but bin him off, stick tongue in there, and then and he will get sent off soon. Yeah, he's, he's been begging to be sent off for, for <laughs> such a long time. The Wednesday game, yeah. he kicks. I mean, I know that Oaf deserved it, but. The, uh, the kick up the back that he took from Brown <laughs> was pretty impressive. To be negative about this game. Yes, I like negativity. Um, I'm a Leeds fan. Good result and everything. Mm-hmm. But We're going to win the cup. But weren't we effectively playing a championships reserve team, given where Southampton are in the oh, league? Oh, come on, you can, you can only beat and, what's put in front of you, though. Well, yeah, but they did make 11 changes. Next thing you'll be telling me is that Reading versus Arsenal wasn't a serious result. <laughs> that was a proper Sunday league match. That was absolutely but, amazing, was that? To but watch the end of that. but yeah. if you listen to Michael here, none of the good players were playing. Walcott only scored seven. You can, you can only beat what's put in front of you. That's what they put out. We beat it. So, case closed, move on. No, not, not quite, because we've been absolutely abject for the previous two games, and then we've beaten a load of shit, which is better than losing to a load of shit. Well, the which bonuses, we did in the previous <laughs> game. The bonuses, by this time of the season, we've been hammered by somebody really badly. And we've not had that yet. Either Wednesday, Charlton or Birmingham, the way Leeds played, we could have taken a 5-0 in any of those. It was just that the opponents were all bloody crap. So we're, we're, we're crap, but not as crap as we could be. And I'll build a, a, a cup-winning campaign on the back of that. You won't be dismissing this game as nothing when we're in the Europa League. I'd love to be in the Europa League, as we've, as we've covered. The ideal has to be to get into the Europa League, but I would say we would have to not get promoted to make it really entertaining. The idea of still being in the Championship, but being in Europe. It was like when I wanted to win the JPT, just because we were, we were in it. I'd, I would rather win the League Cup than be promoted this year. Well, to be honest, it's, it's heading that way. <laughs> so. Well, that's fine. I'll take it. Um, we, just need, we just need every team we play to put the reserves out. There's, just, no, there's just, no good teams left. I was going to say, just to wrap this up, because we're recording this a few hours before the draw is going to be made, who do you fancy in the next round? Bradford away, I would like. I've never been to Bradford. Oh, it's terrible. Well, I've been oh. to the, the, the town I've been to. No. I'm, I'm well aware of that. It's terrible. <laughs> terrible place. Um, Where do you live, Dan? Anyway, moving on. <laughs> Norwich is still in the mix. They've got to beat Spurs. I'd uh, take, like season. Bradford, mm. home or away. Norwich at home, I would take. We Maybe need... Villa at home. It'll be Arsenal, though, won't it? But we'll, we'll probably beat Arsenal. Well, we, we can't go on any cup run without facing Arsenal at some point, so we yeah, might as well get it out of the way we now. Only, we only win cups against Arsenal, to be yeah. fair. And we'll stick five past them, easy. So it's ready. it'll be Arsenal in the final. We need we need to avoid Norwich in the final because I need to get to Wembley and see that they'd all have inflatable canaries and be waving pots of mustard about and it'd be, just, it'd be, it'd be embarrassing to be there. And Snodgrass would score the winner. For Leeds, because he'd, he'd just go out like that. <laughs> Andy, Andy Hughes on goal style they know which side of the sandwich they're mustard buttered on on to the news now in the Squareball podcast and is there anything left to say about the takeover 
He thinks six months would give us a lot to go at. Today's update, then. Let's start with today's update. Some people have been seen at a bank. I don't Did, understand why. And which bank? Uh, the TSB. Apparently, we're getting paid. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're, uh, we, we should have told you. We um, All this stuff about us not really knowing what's going on. We've been in the know, ITK, all the way through, just waiting for proof of funds to be deposited with TSB. We'll check with our uh, accountancy division after the pod and find out if that's gone through. But we're fairly confident that several billions of whatever currency it's going to be, Italian lira, uh, will have been deposited with us. And we'll, you'll never hear from us again. <laughs> so the truth of this bit is that uh, Ben Jacobs, uh, journalist in Middle East, Dubai area. Is he? Uh, apparently. Well, I think... Uh, he says. Uh, GFH Capital have been talking to him, haven't they? And they've basically mm-hmm. told him that they've been at the bank today in Leeds. I went to the bank today in Leeds as well. Oh, why, why do we have to go to the bank? I bet they were just <laughs> like, we'll just transfer it online, Ken. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Don't do that. Cash. Cash on nothing. It'll never work. I'll say, somebody worked out today on Twitter because I said, uh, I hope the £300 limit at the cash point doesn't, uh, doesn't delay things further. Well, somebody worked out it would take 474 years to draw out the cash at £300 a day for £52 million, if indeed that is the price. That's about how long we've been waiting, isn't it? So Ben Jacobs has essentially said um, that it is now in the hands of bankers rather than lawyers. So so what's changed? I don't know anymore. And why? what was the point in... Um... These, bank- these bankers aren't in London, are they? Because it's very difficult. Well, we've had yeah. six months with London lawyers. Oh, they're not, Another six they're months not with sleeping bankers. in the bloody air-conditioned flats, are they? Because it's too hot. <laughs> they're probably combing through the last two years of Ken Bates' programme notes to find out all the comments he's made about lazy bankers stealing money. They well, <laughs> we could handle this takeover for you, Mr Bates, but first we want an apology. Never! Uh, too lazy. The last thing I knew, David Hay was tweeting about being in Monaco. Was that just? Was he there? Was I think he just popped lie? over for the day, and then they popped back for the match, didn't they? Or, he so just they popped over after the match, and then um, came back to Leeds to do the banking. Why? Why did the perma smiling, toffee nosed, airbrushed man get <laughs> have to tweet that? I'm yet to see a picture of him where he looks anything but utterly flawless. His skin always looks looks gleaming, which is not. What I want in a football at my football club. The photos of him uh, actually at the stadium, the candid photography, present a slightly different view, don't they? He doesn't look quite as clean or as uh, sporty. Slim. No, he looks. He's got the look of um, who's that chef? Ainsley Go- Harriet. <laughs> no, the other one. Uh, Gordon Ramsay. He's like a slightly less alcoholic looking looking Gordon Ramsay. <laughs> Enough libelous comments about TV chefs. Nothing libelous in saying he, he's alcoholic looking. Right, okay. okay. I'd feel like though Jimmy Savile was a bit pedo looking. Again, yes. and again, what, what happened in the end? Look, let's get, get back on, on message here, please. Talk to me about the document at Company's House. Explain this to me, the two million. Oh, I'd forgotten about that. Yeah. The document at Company's House. And apparently it says that two million pounds was paid. Uh, GFH Capital have loaned Leeds United... Two million pounds that we know of, and there is a, a um, and it gives them what does it give them? It gives them this sort of basically they have a right of veto over. It's a charge a over the assets, isn't it? Of 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 uh, Leeds City Holdings, I think, which means the football club. has got they've got a charge over the football club. Yeah, paid in cash in a Leeds bank. Mm. Mm, true fact. Mm, intriguing. But two million pounds in cash. Yeah, pound coins. <laughs> And it basically means that unless they get that £2 million back, nobody else can buy Leeds United. It's sort of the short version. If 
if Ken wants to keep the club, he has to give him two million quid. It's essentially like a mortgage, isn't it, over the club? Yes. They're, they're I'll be honest, the I, I, I hate mortgage advice. The, <laughs> it's tedious. Well, I mean, if it begins with the payment of two million pounds in cash, that's the point where I say, you're probably advising the wrong chap here. <laughs> Have you not got my file? <laughs> Has anybody else got any enthusiasm left for this? Because I'm now very, very... And I'll be happy when it finally goes through, assuming that they're not potless, as some people have been suggesting. But I'm really getting quite apathetic about the whole thing. I just hope that when it does all go through, they're able to prove that none of it was their fault and then we can forgive them. (laughs) Because at the moment, I'm thinking... "Mm." I think there is a certain amount amount of leniency for the fact that they're dealing with Bates, who's the most impossible man on the planet, essentially. he's not reasonable. I can imagine him just quibbling over the bill if they go for a coffee and things like that. But the uh, which he will then he will then add on and apply interest to and <laughs> want to charge him an extra ten grand for the club. A, a good point that was raised with me was that if you remember the last potential at the time actual club chairman to kind of court this kind of favour with Leeds fans, it was the old spectre. It is Halloween, so we can raise him up again. <laughs> Peter. <laughs> I was I was thinking uh, Sainsbury actually he did it. Yes, this is true. He had a bit of a PR offensive, didn't he? I believe today that Salem Patel inquired what we chant when the opposition keeper takes a goal kick. Can somebody give us a give us a rendition of this song? Is it necessary? Yes. <laughs> you need a. Oh, you shit bastard! Ah. Ah. Ah, I believe. I've never known what to make of that, chat. Ah, I think the tweeted replies are still going to Patel. If you go onto Twitter now, you just see at Salem Patel. Ah, <laughs> explaining it to what him. Do we, what do we make of that, chant? I've never been sure. I uh, quite enjoy it. I do. I, I, do I, enjoy I, don't, in, I don't mind it now and then. I enjoy intimidating a goalkeeper, as we'll <laughs> discuss in part three. <laughs> um, so, in terms of the takeover, it's been alleged by, well, let's say Duncan Castles. As, made it clear that he doesn't really seem to rate GFH Capital's chances of uh, coming through on this deal. And there are whispers that Ken Bates doesn't want to conclude a deal with them, which is seems to be flying in the face somewhat of what Ken is saying. Can you imagine flying into Ken Bates's face? Yes. Would you, would you get on that plane? We are uh, due to schedule to leave Leeds Bradford Airport. It's 7.45pm, <laughs> arriving in Ken, Ken Bates's face. face. <laughs> I haven't immediately dismissed the idea, so... <laughs> We'll talk some more about that. The big revelation about castles, of course. This is a, this is a big Scooby Doo moment, isn't it? Mystery Inc. <laughs> Unmask the villain. So dun dun dun. Yes, it it was Duncan Lorimer Castles all along. So Duncan Castles' middle name really is Lorimer, isn't it? If I mean, if Ken had known that, I I assume he must have known that. But he got a, a personal rant from Ken. I haven't actually counted up how many times we get one, two, three. For there's these four references to Duncan Castles personally, so I think he's tied with Gary Cooper's record <laughs> in uh, in one like two minute period. But um, oh no, five. Let's forget Mr. Castles and the, says uh, Ken Bates after five hundred words all about Duncan Castles, and of course that then got a response from uh, DLC, as I believe the kids call him now on Sunday night when he put out all sorts of just, I didn't say that to David Hay, I said this. And it's just, he posed a lot of questions, didn't he? Yeah, there's, I mean, the questions that 
probably do need posing. Uh, it's just all the posing that is going on from the likes of Hay and Castles. I mean, I don't know why he suddenly becomes the story. He's just managed to make himself the story, and I'm sure it's there is no disbenefit to Duncan Lorimer Castles's career. Just to box of off this. the Duncan Lorimer Castles DLC story, it actually transpires that he's Peter Lorimer's nephew, isn't he? It could be awkward at the next board meeting, but then I've always imagined that they just gag Peter Lorimer and make him sit in the corner anyway. We should say as well how this came about. I don't know how the original person found it, but it's from his... He, on his Twitter profile, it describes himself as a retired monkey boffin. Yes. And if you look on Google Books, there is a his thesis from 1997 or something. Yeah, yeah St. Andrews about University. Yeah. something to do with monkeys. It's monkey, yeah, monkey brains, basically. Yeah, uh, and yeah, that's where it has his name on, so someone has found that somehow. And then, but well done. The internet, good old research on that. Their internet, I think, it's fantastic research. Have you you been on the Google website, Michael? There's there's a lot of information. How would I find that? (laughs) Shows Google. If you go on Bing. (laughs) (laughs) So it does turn out then that that Castles is nephew of Lorimer. So who do you think he was getting information from in the club then? Can't think. Mm. This does raise interesting questions though about counter information and. Are we meant to be not believing him, or are we meant? Are we meant to now? Let's let's leave it there. Let's move on now. My brain is hurting. Let's talk about something else. Um, okay. Over the international break, as we just mentioned, Tom Lee's Street Fighter. He's a brave, brave man. It's a brave man who takes him on. I've not seen the picture anywhere else apart from in the new issue of the Square Ball illustrating my article. Sorry, new issue of the Vile Animal illustrating mine. But the photograph of Tom Lee's being led away by two besuited officials. Sweat pouring from his face. Uh, he's sort of a vacant stare. It's like he's having a flashback to Vietnam. There's just this, <laughs> his his eyes have gone. That's and how that's, it always looks, though. And that's yeah. before he then went and waited by the tunnel for his uh, nemesis to come and approach. And then you can that's bottom right of this wonderful two page spread, which you can buy for only one pound fifty or one pound for the digital download at www.thesquareball.net. The way um, the way that picture's cropped, it looks a little bit like it could be sort of a a dance scene from a Bollywood film. Which character is Tom Lee's in that? Is <laughs> he the, uh, the backing people? <laughs> I was I thought he might have been the wronged brother who's about to stab the leading hero. <laughs> it, there is definite there's venom written all over. Tom Lee's face there, and now, yeah, and then today's... In a sort of, I hate you, Butler, kind of... <laughs> um, yeah, he so he didn't take kindly to uh, uh, Danny Rose being subjected to racist abuse and uh, did something about it. Pra- practical solutions to real problems, that's Tom Lee's. That's why he makes such a good defender. He doesn't have a book of petty grievances, does he? He just no. does hate. He and, deals and with it anger. there and then, and then gets dragged through the Serbian courts. Um <laughs> That's today's. That's, I mean, how you, that's how you deal with it, Rio Ferdinand. You get stuck in. You don't like what you see. Change it. Never mind mealy mouth. Oh, I'm not going to wear a t-shirt on Twitter. Get out there and stop busting heads. <laughs> so what we're saying is the square ball officially endorses vigilantism. If people want to punch racists, I'm not sure I'm against that. No, as such it would be. It's difficult not to support them. <laughs> yeah. So we had quite an exciting international break. Yeah. But um, El Hadj Juf didn't, did he? Really? <laughs> <laughs> he only caused a. a Minor riot, civil yeah. war, almost. <laughs> he took a, a different, um, a different stance towards problem solving of uh, just hiring a thousand hooligans, allegedly. <laughs> allegedly, well, he suddenly he bought a thousand tickets. He That's a lot of seem... interviewing to do. If you're trying to recruit a thousand, <laughs> have you much experience in uh, in uh, having um, 
football associations thrown out of international competition. They probably just run a spit test. Can you spit how far <laughs> you're in? <laughs> the um, the story, because this has kind of gone under the radar and we don't want to dwell on it because uh, Juve doesn't like attention. But he uh, his international ban, I didn't realise he was banned from international football because Senegal had actually banned him for things he'd said about their FA <laughs> five years ago. And that ban finally ended. And so he, uh, being in um, moderate form for Leeds United, was expect right... I'm here, lads, and they didn't pick him. And he, uh, um, his quote on that said, to BBC's World Service, which he'll speak to anybody, clearly, but they're scared of me. He said, they do so many bad things inside, they don't like someone with a big character inside to say what they want to do. Inside inside what? <laughs> um, Let, let's not dwell on who's inside <laughs> who. <laughs> so he went over to Senegal anyway just to uh, watch an exciting game of football and maybe to, uh, to see Max Gradle in the flesh because it was um, Ivory Coast that were playing. Um, and the game ended up being abandoned due to a riot with um, <laughs> players, including Max Gradle, cowering behind riot police on the pitch while people threw rocks at them and at each other and generally just uh, rioted wild style. And as a result of all this, Senegal had been thrown out of the African Cup of Nations. Then they've thrown accusations at El Hadjouf that he orchestrated it all and... I think it is a fact that the Football Association impounded the 1,000 tickets El Hadjouf had ordered to distribute to his fans because um, their suspicion was that he wanted to recruit hooligans to disrupt the match and then the fact that then hooligans did disrupt the match. I mean, they're still very miffed that he might have been I think they're pinning, they're pinning this on an easy target. <laughs> well, this is it. This is Barry George all <laughs> over again. <laughs> Why always Leeds? That's it. <laughs> That's all it is. He's just scapegoating of Leeds. But Juve has taken it calmly. He said, uh, <laughs> I think to pacify the angry fans and the entire nation, the FA executive committee members should be axed or forced to resign. And then Papa Juve should be brought in to clean up the system. I'm not sure who Papa Juve is. It sounds, yeah, it sounds good. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I don't imagine um, what he told Neil Warnock, he was going over to Senegal for. Just going to watch a game, boss. Well, we finally got the fine, didn't we? Uh, yeah. The Doncaster game that he was he caused. Yeah. And that was 25 grand, wasn't it, for that? Half of the maximum. Is that right? Yeah, apparently so, yeah. Well, we may as well stick with Juve um, and just touch on the fact that he's been slagging off Stephen Gerrard <laughs> and uh, Jamie Carragher. I like him even more. And uh, everyone everyone else. He's got a book coming out as well, uh, which is called Misunderstood. That's on the horizon. <laughs> Do you think with all these um, interviews he's doing, El Hadj might be looking for a new contract from somebody? <laughs> Potentially trying to just remind people he's yeah. in the market. He's normally mm. so shy and retiring, isn't he? Mm. We've signed Ryan Hall, haven't we, from Southend, uh, loan with a view to to a full transfer. Again, I think, I think the full transfer is definitely happening, isn't it? It looks that way. I this is just one of those dodgy ways to mm. get around the transfer window. Although I would hope we play him in a game before committing to it yeah I think we already a bit like the Candle loan do you remember we got him on loan and he was shit and then we signed him anyway <laughs> I think this is a similar situation is it going to be like that summer where we uh, we changed managers and but the the pursuit of Enoch Shawumni was the one constant <laughs> <laughs> well Hall uh, is somewhere off match fitness apparently isn't he mm-hmm. which is why he's not featured much uh, today in the old white shirt he but- did look a bit lumpy for a, for a, a tricky winger did you think that yeah I thought he looked a bit large when he came on. Intimidating. So who's this guy we've got in on trial? Frickly athletic midfielder, Indy Ojla. 
Yeah, this was just pure curiosity because the uh, Hemsworth and South Holmes, sorry, <laughs> the Helmsworth and South Emsall Express. Uh, website. <laughs> deemed it worthy of a report. Yeah, he's come on a, a two-week trial straight from, um, he's caught the interest of our scouts uh, due to his performances in the Evo Stick Premier Division and has now got the chance to try and impress Neil Redfern. Um, so I expect we'll uh, we'll sign him up. Yeah, um, that's but, where all the uh, top scouts are heading. I put the photo of him in our prep sheet, and it's. Has worth... no one got any glue puns? I was just thinking of. I can't think of any now, unfortunately. Moscow, I thought you'd be. I well, thought you'd, I thought you'd have a, hundreds of them lined up. I'm quite stuck to the idea of signing uh, no. in no, in the. No, um, okay. Anyway, he looks like a pub footballer. <laughs> There's a photograph of him here. To say he's 24, he looks like a 32 year old. Tough paper round that one. Pub footballer, um, and he, but he did play uh, before his. Uh, Trial started. He played for Frickley in their five-one defeat to Chorley. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> a real cog in the machine. There. <laughs> we were talking earlier that Michael Brown can't run forever. Maybe this guy will be the, his replacement. Yeah, on the way out, Don Polion and Zach Thompson on loan to Bury, aren't they? Uh, Kevin Blackwell, that that proponent of youth. Has he got any more uh, any more badges? He's like a, I think a, he's, he's like got, a big special boy scout. No, he's got a twenty-five meter swimming badge now. I think <laughs> I got more, Mum. I got more. <laughs> I've been to Juventus. Polion scored a, a fantastic solo yeah. goal. At least one of them's doing well because uh, Zach Thompson got sent off. Having a rest. Again. Having a yeah. rest is all he's doing. Yeah. <laughs> Thompson's tackle was um, pretty poor. I, I tuned in to see it. It's, oh, because it sounded. I read something. It said, "Oh, it went right through him." But it was one of these where. He sort of sat down, and then, you know, when a dog kind of drags its ass across some grass, that was the <laughs> speed at which he was moving towards the opposing player, but because he went with both feet. But that was a little bit more like uh, Tom Lee's defending Danny Rose in uh, Serbia. The first one to go and sort of drag Thompson away from the angry players was uh, Don Polion. So they're looking after each other. And Polion, we should say, did score a really good goal, which needs some appreciation. Rather than brushing over it. <laughs> well done. Looking up on YouTube, it's a fine strike. With the next bit about hatred. Cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is 
is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Bile. The final word then. Here it is. El Hadjajouf. El Hadjajouf. I like being booed, he says, with a gold tooth smile. I think this was a broadsheet interview. When people boo me, I always want to show them I am the best. I know they hate me, but I want to say, you can hate me, but you can love my football. Everyone wants to beat Leeds because they know it is a big team and there is a big character on the team, myself. The Square Ball Podcast, supported by thegeldedend.com. Part three now of the podcast. Um, have we all calmed down from Hillsborough then? Now the dust has settled a little bit. If I show you a picture of Chris Kirkland, you may raise oh, the hackles I'll, up I'll, again. I'll go again. Um, all right, let's talk about Aaron Corley, first of all, and what he did in running onto the pitch during the goal celebrations and laying out Chris Kirkland with a hefty two-handed push to the face. It was like being hit with a baseball bat. <laughs> Is that what he said? Well, listen, bit, well, look, listen we're quite, my cynicism has kicked in already. Well, we're cynical, we're sarcastic on this podcast. First, let's do the thing we have to do, which is condemn what he did, because it was very, very stupid indeed, wasn't it? And has done nobody any favours. Yes. You cannot, much as you may wish to, run on the pitch and slap a goalkeeper. It's not. In many ways, it's surprising this doesn't happen a lot more, because they're right there. And it's a shame almost that it happens to Chris Kirkland, because he's... Doesn't really deserve it. No, he's had. If someone did it, if someone did it to Juve, like when we played Doncaster, I would not have been surprised if someone <laughs> yeah. had run on and had a little pop at him. Yeah, the uh, I mean, all Luis Suarez gets his coins thrown at him as he did in the uh, derby at the weekend. But just run on and smack him one if he's upsetting you that much. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, we've gone from condemning it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. We're only about a minute into this section. You've, we've gone from condemning it well, to endorsing it. Well, you've got to do it. Make it count. <laughs> we just said, we said in the previous part, punching racist is fine. Chris Kirkland? No, Suarez, though, if you're oh, arguing that. Yeah, fair yeah. enough. Seriously, though. Yeah, not on. I got into a bit of a contretemps with somebody on Twitter after the game. I said, oh, that, sound, that sounds far more civilised. Because <laughs> <laughs> I tweeted like, Something along the lines of probably best not to say too much about that then, which somebody had seen as an endorsement of what he's done. Like, how about <laughs> condemning it? And, and what I'd realised is I knew exactly what the reaction was going to be afterwards. Yeah. So it didn't necessarily need me to start, you to know. to it. Yeah, when, yeah. you know, gnashing my teeth and wailing about it. It's it it stupid and shouldn't have been done, but just wait for the witch hunt to start and it did. I agree entirely because immediately after the, well, during the commentary, um, they were going about, well, I mean, there was still 15 minutes of the game to commentate on and footballers were kicking a ball to each other that I always think commentators are paid to talk about. But instead it was, well, that might be a a nice pass from Michael Brown. But really, after the events we've seen here tonight, nobody will be talking about that after the game. It it could be. You are Sky Television. You don't have to cut back to the studio and whoever whoever that gimpy presenter was with Peter Beagrey and just with their serious face and well... These are scenes that nobody nobody wants to talk about. But really, there's very little else that we could discuss. I, I thought, just treat it the same way you do with 
when that Jimmy Jump twat runs on during an international match and they'll say, well, we're not going to give him the benefit of the publicity he wants. We're not going to show you that. There was a pitch invader, but we're not going to give him the satisfaction of being on the television. Which I would always quite like to see. He's often I'd like them to give those people He's, he's good, publicity. Jimmy Jump, though, isn't he? He's good. Um, but with Aaron Corley, it was, oh, we've got another angle here can see more clearly in slow motion the viciousness watch watch just watch how awful yeah. it is there was there was a certain amount of rubbernecking feeling about it wasn't well there? i mean it was a fairly subpar match and i'm sure that whoever was producing at sky tv that night was they were nodding off in their easy chair and then th- th- that's popped up on one of their off cameras we've well, like, got a story yes yeah. <laughs> yes everybody's going to be watching sky sports news tomorrow yeah. Hourly updates. Yes, he still did hit him. <laughs> it just, it could all have just have been avoided. Just arrest the guy, go and do what needed to be done to him and whatever that guy in the Sunday sport was <laughs> desiring to do to him, and then just move on. Obviously, it sounds like we're, we're saying it's a good thing that the news was buried by something else, but it was, but it came at a good time, if you could possibly say that, in that the whole John Terry thing uh, and Rio Ferdinand, I think, overshadowed it within sort of 24, 48 hours, didn't it? There is a, a general football point to be made that is probably too big to discuss here and that nobody seems to be bothered about players like Michael Tung, Tung, Ting, scoring a goal anymore. <laughs> All anyone's looking for is for some racist handshake goalkeeper punching outcry. And we just move from from that to the next thing. One crisis to the next, yeah. Yeah, nobody's yeah. actually interested. It's a bit mawkish, isn't it, really? It's all a bit... It's just selling newspapers is is what it is, really. And, it, it yeah, it was a reaction just completely out of kilter to what had actually happened. Someone accused me of making excuses when I pointed this out, but there was never this outcry when Kasper Ankergren got punched by a Millwall fan or when Carlisle fans punched Shane Lowry or when Wednesday fans punched Clint, Clint Hill... They just got ticked off, and the people who did it got dealt with, and then that was pretty much. Yeah, the rest again, it, it does seem like you're heard. always excusing it, doesn't it? Because I'm uh, mates with a Wednesday fan on Facebook, and he put something, you know, entirely expected, like "dirty lead scum" on his Facebook timeline. So I just put a link to Clint Hill, mm. the Clint Hill incident, which you know, was pe- keeps running after yeah. him to punch him on yeah. the back of the head. People in glass houses. Michael, you you wrote the uh, match report for this game in the magazine. And you were very, very close to Chris Kirkland in the stadium <laughs> sense of the word, not as his friends. No, I was. I was about, I was probably about ten rows back, directly behind the goal, and didn't see any of it because, like ninety-nine percent of fans, I was just busy celebrating. And the first thing I saw of it, I looked round and saw Chris Kirkland on his back and thought, "Chris Kirkland's injured again," <laughs> because that's what he is most of the time. And it was only then there, was, there wasn't even that much talk about it in the stadium. There were a few people kind of going, "Oh, someone's someone's like run on and, and hit him," but there was not a great deal talked about it um, in the ground because I think everyone was just kind of excited from scoring. And then we got back to the I got back to the car and it was just sort of solid. All they were talking about on the radio. The reports I read were that uh, Aaron Corley was uh, chaired out of the stadium by cheering appreciative <laughs> fans who were all uh, applauding him, clapping on the backs and throwing bouquets. That's that's the thing that I found most distasteful, about not the incident itself, but the way in which it was painted, was um, that, oh, look at them, they're, they're, they're patting him on the back. It's just, 
if you've ever been in a Leeds away yeah. end, as, as we all have one time or another, it's chaotic, is it, when something like that happens? Yeah. I mean, people mm. are genuinely stood all over the aisles. You, you know, no one stands in their allocated seats. And there's really 5,000 of them there. Yeah. And it was a local derby. It was pandemonium. And it's just a case of, you know, you hug strange men. Oh, no. I, and that's just my weekend life. <laughs> the, the way I read... It, as people walking through, it didn't even look like it was being packed on the back. It looked like it looked like what I do when I'm moving down a, an aisle to get past people. You just pat them on the back. Oh, thanks for letting me get past. And someone's like, "Oh, you're going up there," and just shoving him on the way up. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, it's like the sort of thing that happens when people have fallen between rows and stuff when yeah. goals have been scored. And he was the people who will have patted him on the back will, in all likelihood, like me, have not seen what he did mm. and have just been thinking, "Oh, he's just trying to get back to his seat yeah. wherever that." Wherever he has fallen from, it's the sort of it's the very simplistic, um, stereotypical journalism though that, that perpetuates out of this, which I think <coughs> is probably the thing that all Leeds fans have found most frustrating, and which is why we've renamed the the Mag the Vile Animal as a, you know just to make a point that no, you can't tar as well with the same brush. It's well, not the right. subject of what he actually did as well. In no way do I think he intended to get no. on the pitch and shove him in the face. I think he was just didn't really know what he was doing. Yeah, because he, he, was pissed, on, he just pissed pandemonium. He's, wasn't he was it? just yeah. being pissed and being an idiot. Because he was on as well. If you're going to do it, you might. If it was LUTV footage, he would have got away with it. <laughs> <laughs> but the fact that this guy have 14 different angles of it, including a close up of his face, there was that. But the moment just, well just before he struck, where him and Kirkland just stand and look at each other, and you can tell Kirkland's going, "What are you about to do?" And he's going. I don't, I don't know. know. <laughs> it's just that brief flicker, isn't it? That yeah. second. He's run on like a pissed idiot and found himself face to face with somebody, a footballer that he's heard of. And then his thought process leads him on, led him on to the next thing. And, uh, and that landed him rightly in jail. But it's not, we don't all need instructions. You don't have to go and reprogram all football fans. Don't punch goalkeepers. Yeah. We know. Yeah, like the most of society, we know how to behave, you know. Yeah. When the thing we... was, it was dealt with at the time. Within five, seven minutes, he was named and shamed on Twitter, although it took the police another two or three days to actually find him and arrest him, but that's another story. Yeah. But the bigger picture was how he actually got in. The stewarding at the place at Hillsborough that allowed him to get on the pitch as well. And allowed him to leave the pitch. Because mm. yeah. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's difficult for stewards, I can see, to stop people. Get, if a number of people want to get on the pitch, there's yeah. only ever, I don't know, 15 stewards across the front of a stand but having gone on and then done that you would think someone might have attempted to stop him getting back into the stand yeah I think that that, and then the whole thing was kind of exacerbated by Dave Jones reaction it hasn't helped has he at all by conflating the two incidents of what was sung towards him and Kirkland being pushed over not ignoring it has just made it all worse his immediate reaction after the game was almost completely to ignore what happened to Kirkland. He was just like, yeah, yeah, that. But what they were singing, <laughs> it's like, hang on, Dave, no one, no one would have even been speaking about this apart from yeah. you if it wasn't for... It's not about you, Dave. Yeah. <laughs> and his comments made no sense. You talk about racism in the game, what about the chanting? That is a form of racism. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> It just, it makes no logical sense. And then he comes up, I've had it for 12 years, so I'll put up with it. Do you know what that sounds like? Sorry to interject. That, to me, sounds like an argument between an angry drunk couple at the end of a night (laughs) in the street when everyone's watching that makes no sense. That's what that sounds like. And, I mean, nobody should have to really put up with having vile songs sung at them. Neil Warnock does. His wife doesn't We've, we've do. sung some of them, haven't we, to be <laughs> yeah. fair? Not us personally. Well, there's, um, there's a video of him turning up at 
Hillsborough before the game where there's fans waiting outside the players' entrance. He came and going, here comes Neil, here comes Wanker. And then as soon as he appears, Wanker, Wanker, <laughs> Wanker. And he's just there, oh, I thought, he, he yeah. actually, he stops, he goes, I thought you'd have, uh, I thought you'd have some new material. I thought there'd be more of you than this. And exactly. Treat it like a panto villain, and and, and mm. I know it's a really, really serious issue. And obviously, it's it's scarred Dave Jones quite deeply, as you can tell. Just if if you ignore it, it goes away. And as you wrote in the match report um, for this game, Michael, look what we did at Millwall. Sung to a boring, boring Millwall. Turn the other cheek to it, and yeah. it stops, doesn't it? It, it? Its desired effect is removed. Because what will have happened as a result of this game is that. As a, as a result of our reaction to the Istanbul stuff, which Dave Jones also completely neglected to mention, because he doesn't hear anything that isn't related to him. Mornock chants, nope, didn't hear that. Kenny chants, nope. Istanbul chants, nope, didn't hear any of it. But anyway, that aside, when we play them again, they will sing that louder and we will sing stuff at Dave Jones more. And no one wins. <laughs> no, nobody. I mean, he did um, when Apart finally from the newspapers. Yes, after his uh, there was his immediate post match match comments, and then then he had his column in the Sun on Sunday, and then Ken Bates good, had a, a good uh, good paper for us, guys. And then Ken Bates had to go back at him, and then on Monday, new Dave Jones statements on the Sheffield Wednesday website, when he did uh, he did refer. To, uh, well, first of all, he said, I have nothing but the highest regard for Ken Bates' considerable contributions <laughs> to football over many decades. Well, 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 I think word has it that was very sarcastic, wasn't it? Okay. Yeah. Um, well, if he can, if he's capable of that level of sarcasm <laughs> anyway. Um, but yeah. Which again isn't helpful when you think about it. He then he refers to the fact that uh, he says, I must make it clear that I that had I heard Sheffield Wednesday supporters chanting anything of an offensive or abusive nature on Friday evening, I would have rightly and roundly condemned them. But he didn't, no, didn't hear Cardiff fans either. There is no place in football or society for vile chance of any nature, and I endorse that view completely. But the abuse <laughs> aimed at me on Friday was personal. And that's where Dave Jones is falling down every time, where he's saying there's no place in football or society in general for vile chance. But the ones aimed at me are different because I am exceptional and I have been wronged more than anybody else. And it was personal. Istanbul chants are personal. There will have been people in the Leeds end listening to that who will have known the fans who were killed in Turkey. And you cannot say that that sort of song is not as personal as what was sung at Dave Jones. Then they're of a piece and to constantly be trying to put himself in a different special category, just it draws more attention to him of the kind that he does not want. It's self-defeating. It's the same as us responding to Istanbul chants with a flying chair as Don Goodman called them on the TV commentary. <laughs> there was a bit of broken seat on the pitch and he started going, oh, the, the referee's got a chair in his hand. It's a chair. I cut these scenes are disgraceful. He's coming at him off the top rope. <laughs> <laughs> but we cottoned on to it at Millwall. I think the problem, one of the many problems at the Wednesday game, apart from the lack of stewarding, and them not allowing Leeds stewards to be there, was that it was 5,300 Leeds fans, whereas the Millwall game... You get like what a thousand, two thousand, couple of thousand maximum. Yeah. Then so you get people who are perhaps more the stalwart away fans. Yeah. yeah, they're more used to it. They know what they're doing. You get five thousand people going to anything. Get a town of five thousand people. They're not all going to be upstanding members of society, and they're not all going to be able to behave like saints for two hours. It's just the nature of life. Very philosophical point again. <laughs> society is full of dickheads. Yes. And sometimes they throw stuff. 
And sometimes they slap goalkeepers. I think the thing that probably sticks in the craw most about this is, I have no desire to be embroiled in a tit-for-tat war of words on this subject, but, you know... That, so that's, that's it. So that's it. So, they, yeah. so my word shall be the last on it. Yeah. Exactly. It's, it's the, like last, the last undefining word is mine. Thank you. We almost wandered into this subject before, was that the high profile of this brought it to the attention of so many people who know absolutely nothing about football. And the zenith of that was reached with the interview on Radio Leeds with um, Liz Green and Gary Cooper from uh, the Supporters Trust, where she she sounded like she had never seen a game of football in her entire life, but somebody had told her about a game of football and now she was really angry about Liz, it. Liz, Liz, righteous indignation, that's the tone. Yeah. What are you going to do about the chants, Gary? What are you going to do about them? <laughs> no, here she was what are you going to do about the stewarding? Why weren't there any lead stewards there, Gary? He's, he's kind of going, I'm, look, I'm from the Supporters Trust. I've nothing to do with stewarding. Why aren't you anything to do with stewarding? <laughs> Why didn't you stop him? There was a wonderful bit where um, she was saying, well, uh, why don't you get together with the uh, with the FA and and stop all this? He <laughs> said, well... Them. I'll just <laughs> bring up Bernstein. And- <laughs> well, he said, we've written them a letter today. He said, written them a letter? Why don't you just phone them up? It's like, well, because that's not... How it happens. How it works. <laughs> and she plainly had no idea who she was talking to or what she was talking about, and yet there she was having an opinion on it. You, and you could have called the show football fans. They're a bit naughty, aren't they? Leeds fans. Yeah. They're a bit naughty, aren't they? Almost like Dave Jones making his exceptional case for himself. There does seem to be that exceptional, oh, Leeds have done something. Let's get it all over the papers. Are we paranoid as a set of fans about this sort of thing? Yeah, but Liz Green really does hate us. Now she's heard of us. Do you think? No, do you think seriously? Do you think we've got a paranoia complex about it? Um, probably to a certain extent. I think I can't recall a similar press coverage of like the JPT enormous Northern Area final. That was a that was a final. It was a final. That's kind of a semi final. <laughs> um, it's a final where you don't win a trophy; you just get to play another game, which is a semi final. Um, but anyway, that was. In a way, that was worse, because I think several people were roughing up our players on that day. Yeah, he was surrounded. I mean, it was Shane Lowry, so you, you gotta, you've got to give them... Premier League player. You've got to give them some slack. He, I wanted to harm him myself on, on, on several occasions. <laughs> but that was mentioned very little, and, and Simon Grayson sort of said, oh, that's not really on, and that was yeah. it. Well, the yeah. anchor grin one at Millwall, Grayson uh, laughed it off. He said um, they were uh, brave lads coming on and taking on Casper because he's a big bloke, and... <laughs> And just moved it on. I did think if he did try to attack Paddy Kenny, Paddy Kenny would have had him. Because <laughs> <laughs> he, look, he looks like he could probably handle himself. And uh, he would probably have been, this will be one of the people who's been singing about my wife, so I think <laughs> I'll take a swing at him. Which returns us perfectly to the point that we endorse vigilantism. <laughs> yes. Paddy did answer that um, perfectly by just uh, dropping his shorts to the Wednesday fans. So the concluding point is, if you can't be a vigilante, just bear your ass. Yeah. Right then, let's look forward to games coming up. Uh, we are playing again on a Friday, Ooh. which is becoming very much the norm. What could possibly go wrong? Half with the Huddersfield game has been moved. Oh yeah, which has ruined my weekend. I was, I've got plans to go away that weekend because I thought we were playing on the Friday. Those bastard police <laughs> they moved it. They moved it to uh, Saturday lunchtime, then to Friday night, then back to Saturday lunchtime. It will probably be back to Friday night because if we get through this Brighton game without the Sky, anybody. Sky generally do have the. Uh, the final yeah. word on, on it makes these, a change for the police to overrule the sky. That is one thing I am actually quite pleased. I know it's ruined your weekend, but I'm quite pleased that the Huddersfield game, the, the police have actually come back and gone. You know what, Murdoch? No, 
We're, we're not having this again. We you, you, might no, over, <laughs> you, might, no. you might overrule us in every other walk of life, but yeah. Yeah, not in this sense. Not where Leeds United are concerned. We'll tap a phone if you let us move anyway. Are you going, Michael? I am going. Actually, growing up a bit, there's only three of us in this travel lodge this time. You could fit at least another one in the bath. Which yeah, one's one grown one. up? <laughs> uh, me, me. Uh, I'm maturing. I'm not trying to fit. Because it's a family room as well, so it does technically sleep four people, so... If anyone wants to rent a space, uh, podcast at squareball.net. Um, some spooning duties required. Can yeah. we be trusted to go play a match on a Friday night? They are going to be waving Thomas Kushak in front of us, who did play for Scum. Admittedly, he was a reserve. But... Played for Scum when uh, Beckford slotted that ah, shot past yes, him. Yes, he did. Mm. Let's just celebrate that with a good old sing-song, Leave His Lovely Face Alone. <laughs> That's my message to the lead support. And sure, I mean... Um, Brighton's the Amex Stadium. It's still quite shiny and new. So people will be treated well. It's a shame it's in the middle of bloody nowhere, and the only way to get there is on shit public transport, which takes you about six hours. You really have matured. You seem to have matured into mm. Victor Meldrew. <laughs> <laughs> I why build grounds that are nowhere near the town? It annoys me. At least Ellen Road's somewhere near town. It yeah, might it, be in it. It, it, might limits, be... it limits drinking opportunities, doesn't it? Does uh, out of town football? Yeah, exactly. Particularly when you're waiting around a train station for hours. No one wants that. I'm not a tramp. Are they any good at the minute then, Brighton? They're uh, a bit poor, I've heard. Yeah. They're not great. They're, it sounds to me like they're a bit like us in that they're getting some results, but they're bloody awful to watch. And um, They have got Mikhail Smith, who scored six goals in give or take eight games, depending on how many he's played since I wrote this. <laughs> um, and they've also... Uh, uh, Wayne Bridge has scored two, who appears to have just turned up a, as a... Remembered that he used to play football and, and turned, brought his boots down for a game or two. But apart from that, they've, they're just meandering a bit. I don't know, Poye may be wishing he went to uh, Wigan when he had the chance. They're probably sort of mid-table fodder along with us. Could mm. go either way. And then on to Tuesday, obviously, we've got the Burnley match. Um, big, uh, big comeback game for Burnley's new manager, one Sean Dyche. I'd love to know what he thinks about this match. What about you? I can't believe that... <laughs> This this appointment has come as <laughs> as soon as we have to talk about it. Yeah, I'm glad to see him back. I think we all are, aren't we? Yeah, how, how do you think he feels about this? <laughs> <laughs> We've had more tweets this about week re- <laughs> celebrating the fact that Sean Dyche is back in employment, one of our upcoming opponents. I must back. admit, I was pleased when I saw he was working with England under-21s a while ago, and I was pleased to see he'd got a job because I, was just, I always liked him. But <laughs> I think leave them wanting more. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe I tell you what. I'll do it. Maybe if we win, maybe I will read his post-match interview for you when, once we've played them. Right, everybody. If you want to hear Michael Normanton doing an impression of Sean Dyche on the next podcast at the Burnley away game, sing as many sick songs as you can possibly think about about <laughs> Sean Dyche, so that we get some quality post-match comments. Yeah, but he looks a bit hard though. I'm not singing any bad songs about Sean. Dyke. That's true. Okay. Um, anyway, we'll just send him a tape of Michael. Anyway, onto- <laughs> your biggest fan, Sean. <laughs> uh, onto the football aspect of this. Um, there's a lot of lot of goals in their games. He is taking over an absolutely mental ship. It's a bit like us last year, perhaps a bit. We never had. We didn't have a sequence that went two, two, three, three, four, three because we couldn't score that many. And then they had another threw in another three four at Bristol. Well, we in our games this year, it, it's, there's always one goal in it either way, isn't mm. there? So something's got to give here. I think it's going to be six five. Maybe. 
we had that many goals last season in our games, just they're all against us. <laughs> I was quite pleased looking at where all these goals had come from because they got uh, <laughs> Charlie Austin, um, has played 12 games and scored 14. Um, and his strike partner, uh, Sam Vokes, has played 11 games and scored uh, none. <laughs> so considering they're scoring like three or four goals in every game. We've not mentioned either who um, Sean Dyche has replaced. Your favourite. Yeah, Eddie Howe. Mm-hmm. Well, Going back down south, more <coughs> better gastro pubs and that kind of thing. <laughs> Wine bars. Straight back to Normandy. Well, he can. Uh, it's it's handier for the ferry when he wants to uh, nip over to uh, visit a few vi- vineyards and uh, vineyards. Clyde, Clyde vineyards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, they're yards where they uh, they grow vines. I mean, personally, I I always refer to them as wine gardens, but <laughs> it's it's closer to the Loire Valley. Well, indeed, it's a holiday there, and uh, um, yeah, that made me sick. Running back to Bournemouth. I mean, if he wants to retire. Just retire. That's all you do. Hey, with do, do you know that they paid a hell of a lot of compensation to get him back to Bob? It was over a million quid they paid to get him back out of his contract. You're joking? No. When they were just about to sack him. Yes. Because <laughs> their um, Bournemouth's uh, chairman is is mad as a bat. He's the one who sent his wife into the dressing room and shouted at some people. And it no, he sent the. It was the um, there's the chairman who is the one who came down in front of the fans and started offering them out. Because uh, they were <laughs> criticising the team, so he's standing, like, don't oh, think, come on then. I don't think Ken's a million miles away from that. He's just a bit frail now. And then, it, but it was actually the mysterious Russian silent owner's wife that was in the dressing room uh, telling the lads what to do. Sounds worse than it is. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't take uh, kindly to it, apparently. So yeah, I'm not surprised. He's you know we'll pay very little money um, on the team, but we'll spend untold millions to get. Eddie Howe back. Well, uh, I've been looking at a, a conservatory extension, actually. Uh, but uh, Call it more of a sunroom, really. Well, An orangery. Yeah, the wife, the wife decided on an orangery in the end. But before committing to that, we thought we'd look at maybe some other property in the area because uh, house prices are very reasonable around here. In Burnley, incredibly reasonable. <laughs> you can buy a house for about 15 quid. And on to Sean Dyche's former club uh, of Watford. There'll be a big horse gap on the bench. <laughs> Zola is half filled. They, um, if ever a manager was going to manage a team on horseback, Gianfranco Zola would be the one dressed as a as a count on a white horse, just on the side of the pitch. They win games, they lose games. They don't seem to draw many games. Never really odd structure for getting players as well. They just bought a few all clubs of you, and then gone. Easy. Oh, just run around now, and they all just see where they end up. Yeah, probably do tic tac toe at the start of the season to see which who gets first pick. Who do you know they do have a slightly odd business model that they kind of sell their best players every year? So I think this is part of the getting them out to get experience to then eventually Ken, sell. Is them. that the one that Ken follows? Ken would endorse <laughs> that, yeah. Except they they managed to get into Champions League with it quite often. So uh, working better than our system. Mm. You Watford are heading for the Champions League? I, no, I wouldn't have thought no. so. We should beat Watford at home. Come on. Well, they're 16th as it stands at the minute, aren't they? Mm. Or, or about thereabouts. We should beat Burnley. We should beat Brighton. If we can capitalise on this cup win, that's the whole thing, isn't it? Can we transfer that, that back into league form? Can we force Brighton to play their reserves? <laughs> <laughs> Let's ask politely. We did fall in the Everton game. We went on a four-game winning run. Yeah. So is that how we sort of conclude this run? Should win most of them? No idea. Probably if, won't. No idea if we will. Who knows what's going to turn up? Because none of these, the games that we we did only lose one of these recent games, didn't we? It just felt like more. It just felt like more because it was such dreary 
Drury one one draws. I think I think the fact we've not played very well, Southampton aside, like we were crap against Barnsley, we were crap against Sheffield Wednesday, we were crap against Charlton, and yet we sort of got stuff from them. Masks mm. the fact we were completely cack and had about five shots across all of those games. That was the one benefit of the uh, the fallout from the Sheffield Wednesday game when I was complaining earlier that nobody was talking about the football. It's probably quite good in a way that nobody's <laughs> talking about the football because it was pretty awful. But let's hope that uh, from these three games that football is the winner and we've all got uh, some sensational goals and uh, mesmerising play to discuss. Well, here we multiple podcasts into this season now and, and it's been a running undercurrent of these podcasts that we've been thinking, well, it's OK because when the takeover goes through, we'll get that lift and there'll be some new momentum in the club and you never know, it might come one day. Well, I'm almost at the point with that where I'm looking at the face of our uh, incoming chairman and just thinking he's just going to yell at me because I can't cook. And my enthusiasm slightly drains away. Actually, this is a good point. He looks like the kind of man who would go out for a meal with Eddie Howe and his yeah. wife. I bet they've. I bet they've networked. Mm. They'll have, he'll have his card. They'll be. They'll be on LinkedIn. Yeah, on LinkedIn. Oh, David. David's a David's a real good guy. He uh, he gave me some uh, some solid investment advice. I, I lost everything and had to move to Burnley, <laughs> but uh, I'm managing to put my life back together again now. Good good guy. Hey, good guy. Let's move on. Let's talk about villains. And this is not a villain of the Fortnite Award. Leeds, 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 Leeds. It's a villain of the three-week award. Is it a violin of the Fortnite it, Award? It, it actually eh? could be. You see what it did there? Possibly the, derivative of the same word? The vile animal the of vile the Fortnite. The animal of the Fortnite, yeah. Um, all right, Ken Bates, what's his nomination for this time? Still not sold the club. Yep, all right, Ken, well done. Um, oh, and being uh, mean about that nice Duncan Castles. Uh, Liz Green of BBC Radio Leeds, I want to nominate her for yep. good, that, good that interview uh, with Gary Cooper. You work on radio. You've even got your own jingles. Would you be putting that on your show reel, your best off tape, if you'd been Liz Green? No, is the diplomatic answer. There, well, it see. did seem odd that they'd given her the job of interviewing him. When, as you say, Dan's she, right here. <laughs> she clearly knew nothing about the subject. It'd be like all of a sudden, you know, throwing me in front of a scientist and asking him to to discuss his latest findings, me berating him for not finding certain things. Why haven't you cured cancer? What are you doing to cure it? So well, why yeah. don't you just get together with some other scientists? Well, ring them then. <laughs> cure it. Ring the scientists. Where, where have you put the Higgs boson particle? She's ring in, the FA. She's winning it for me. Ring the FA. That, inter- <laughs> that interview angered me. There's More um, than Dave Jones. Well, Dave do, you, Jones. Do, you, do you want to nominate Dave Jones? Yeah, Dave Jones. It, well, it'll add to his persecution complex. All we do, 24-7 is hate him. So he's, he's got to be here. I'm surprised we haven't nominated him before. Maybe it's because we don't think about him as much as he thinks we do. It's all about him. I bet he overhears people in shops and stuff and kind of runs <laughs> up, you talking about me? He'll be downloading this podcast. First one since the Wednesday game. He's like, I've been waiting to find out what they're going to say about me. A bit of a controversial uh, one because he had a good game, but does somebody want to nominate Luke Varney for that miss? Or? No, I'm not. You prepared to let it go because he had a good game. He's not going to win it anyway, is he? In this one. There's, he's not going to win anything. Guys. There's some strong candidates here. <laughs> Well, there's, um, I'm putting Manuel Lera in there. Um, the tackling, I thought, I mean, I can understand why Chris Kirkland went down because he was surprised, but Becchio took a forearm smash to the face from this skullcap-wearing Neanderthal and just got up. He probably got up speaking perfect Queen's English and then somebody hit him on the side of the head again and it was all, he was back to speaking. And Michael um, Brown was wrestled to the ground. Yeah, and he was just, yeah. he was just again, uh, again, objectionable. Again, no, he's not, he's not going to win, Doug. is he? He's not going to win? No. no. Uh, still worth the nomination. Anybody else who's wronged uh, Leeds United in any way, shape or form in the last week? Anybody think of anybody? Mm. 
Um, um, was that chat? No. No, no. no. His, what, was, what was his name? Um, it's gone. Ah, uh, we'll put him in. J- Jailbird Aaron Corley. Yeah. Yes. Prison zone. <laughs> <laughs> how, how quickly did they uh, put him in prison, though? I was quite amazed by that. Normally, yeah. uh, normally things take years. I mean, there was no there was no lack of evidence, but the uh, <laughs> he did manage to fire off. I'd love to get some copies of his apologetic emails that he sent to Sheffield Wednesday and South Yorkshire Police, saying I've just sobered up, and I've just realised what I've done, and I'd be I'll really be honest, grateful. He was he was quite proud of it on Facebook straight after, which mm. didn't mm. really help. His tales of being absolutely hammered as well. The magistrate apparently just listened to all that, listened to all that, listened to his excuses, and then said, uh, well, I've got this video here of you pushing a goalkeeper in the face um, on a pitch that you've trespassed on. You don't look that drunk, and you don't look that sorry. It's just got to jail. And that was why it didn't take very long. She just sat with her arms folded, listened to it all, and went, yeah, but this video shows you doing it, so I'll piss off out of my court. <laughs> Which is all all it really needed. And uh, then he, he then gets uh, his conviction in the court of the square ball. Dare I ask who's winning this award? Liz Green is still kind of up there. I'm, I'm going for Liz Green. Dave, Dave Jones, as he will tell you himself, has suffered enough in his life. If we gave it to Dave Jones, we'd effectively be racist. No, so we can't do that. Right, so and Tom Lees with punches in the face. So it can't, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it can't be Ken. It can't be Dave Jones, <clears throat> Manuel Lear who dismissed, Varney who dismissed. We're left with Liz Green and Aaron Corley. Corley's a bit easy. It's an open goal to give it to him, so Liz Green for me. Because he took the goalkeeper out. Hey, hey, <laughs> come on, that was quick. Um, I, I don't think we can look past Corley, to be honest. No, I don't. He's got, he's got my Give goal. it to Liz Green. Can we just put them in a room together? That'd be interesting. <laughs> a six by four kind of room with uh, bars on it. <laughs> yeah. Two versus two. Do I get deciding votes? I... Anchor this, or I think I should. I think I should get the deciding vote here because he edits it. Aaron, and I can yeah. put Aaron Corley. If anyone, if it was briefly mentioned earlier, if anyone who saw the Daily Sport, the uh, the Sunday Sport, in fact, I think it was the I, I'd fist Leeds thug in the box or something. <laughs> some some large gentleman from from the prison. He, he's apparently occupying. Mm. He suffered enough. Come on, not yet. He hasn't. No. He doesn't need this. He's being worn like a glove as we speak. <laughs> <laughs> I'm God. sorry. We, we need to. We've, we've got to give it to him. Liz Green's crimes yeah. are as a result of what he did. Yeah. So I say She'll Corley. be back another day, yeah. I'm sure. Yes. <laughs> she probably won't think about football ever again in, in her miserable life. I say Corley. And okay. You, you seem to, Corley. to have this yeah. thing for Corley. Corley ultra, is. Ultra violence must do it for you. Let's wrap up then. Um, tell people about the magazine very, very quickly indeed. The Vile Animal. Yeah, Are we going to yeah. stick with that name forevermore? Or do you think we might go back? I think we'll go back. See what we, we get called back. before the Although next I do, issue. I do quite like it. The Vile Animal. It looks nice. I'm still t- I'm too fond of the square ball. It's what we are. It's who yeah. we are. Whereas we're not vile animals. True. There's an excellent piece on uh, Hillsborough from Andy P. Yeah, it's, it's a, that is a fantastic piece of information. If you've not read the um, the Hillsborough Independent Panel Report, it sheds some light on some of the stuff that's contained therein. And as a result of reading Andy's article, I went away and read bits of the Independent Panel Report, and it's absolutely scary the way that things were in 1987. It scares me to think how close we were to that same outcome, and it was only a couple of minor variables that prevented a similar incident possibly happening uh, back then. Among many interesting points Andy makes is the uh, exit game in uh, 2010, where it was just a similar thing of just 
stupidly packing too many people into too small a space. And again, blaming the fans for arriving late. But- that away end was horrible. There were about there were two turnstiles, I think, at one very far end, which they just let everyone through, and with it being a really poorly designed terrace. I mean, on that occasion, there was no real danger, but but the uh, the, the way it was the way it was dealt with was was telling. The excellent point that um, Andy makes about Exeter overall is that the away terrace was an absolute shed, but they were uh, trumpeting their brand new executive well, facilities. It wasn't even a shed; the- there was no roof on it because <laughs> I got piss wet through. <laughs> So there's, there's that. There's also uh, James Thompson has written a good article about the um, the weird sense of deja vu that must be flashing before um, Brown and Tongue's eyes every time they their eyes meet. I like how you keep calling him Tongue. It's his name, apparently. Um, and they just look at each other. Didn't we do this once before for in Sheffield? <laughs> um, but it is quite eerie. Uh, James has done done his research and written a very good article, which I liked. All the usual stuff in there as well. Moscow, your bits on Tom Lee's The Diary. We've got uh, all the match reports. And you can buy that online and at the Watford game. Online, squareball.net, Watford game, corners of the ground. Pound 50 in person, one pound online if you want to get the digital copy. Ooh, any more bits we need to do before we head off? We need to say a big thank you to Andy Goldstein. It was a Goldie101 on Twitter for bringing some sweeties tonight. Which we've demolished in the space of yes, about five so minutes. Thank you very much. So... If anyone would like to bring some more at the Watford game while we're selling the magazine. He did well, actually. He didn't, there was no uh, scrimping on these. We got brand name chocolates. Yeah. <laughs> and plenty of them. Yeah. I, yeah. Oh, I was doing thank yous, in fact. Um, Claire Healy as well brought me some tomato soup while I was selling the magazine. <laughs> which, was a, which was a superb effort. Why aren't we getting any tomato soup? Because you're not you selling, selling the magazine. The magazine. <laughs> you're, not standing the, you're not standing in the cold. That's us done for now. We'll return in a couple of weeks. It's bye from me, bye from Michael. Bye-bye. And Moscow. Goodbye. And Oddie. Goodbye. Speak to you soon. Bye-bye. The Square Ball Podcast, supported by thegeldedend.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.